Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Have you ever been jealous or envious of somebody else and then tried to be them? It's one of the worst things you could do in life, and God even tells you that. God made you unique. You're unique in when you were born, where you were born, what city, what side of the city, your nationality, your color, your hair, your eyes, everything about you is unique. And what God is simply saying, so is the call on your life and your personality. Be who you are. Quit trying to imitate somebody else. You'll find out when you get over there, the grass was greener on your side, not on their side. You ready for the word of God today? Let's go together and find out about a trip to the moon. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. I hope your day is going well. And if it's going well or not going well, it's about to get better because the Word of God added to your day just increases it. You can't add God's Word to your day and understanding of the Word of God without things changing. And perhaps some of the questions you've had for a while will be answered during today's broadcast. So hang on. Here comes the anointing of God that always backs up His Word. I want to thank you again for watching. Today I'm calling this one a trip to the moon. You may want be wondering what in the heck does that have to do with anything. Hang on. You'll find out why this is so important. You know, there's some things. I was watching a show one night. I was, I was at a place ministry in a church and I was in the hotel room that afternoon to turn on the stations. And this town was extremely small and they only had local networks and one or two, you know, national networks, but they weren't anything that, you know, that big. And one of them was the Weather Channel. You know, things have to be bad when you're watching the Weather Channel, but they had a literally a one hour special on snowflakes. I'm not talking about millennials. I'm talking about those white things that fall from the sky. And uh, and what they said was this, and uh, the, kept emphasizing throughout the entire program was snowflakes, no two are alike. The Weather Channel special, what they said was these pictures that we've usually had of snowflakes that up until now were taken back during the 70s were made with flash bulbs, flash light bulbs. And so they said, you know, they would get a very black background. They make sure this was totally in the dark. And as the snowflakes were falling, they'd flash a quick picture of it. But the little bit of heat that came and reached those snowflakes would actually melt the outside edges of them. That's how fragile they were. Today with LED lights, things have totally gone the opposite direction. Now we have incredible and actually the most specific pictures of snowflakes, and we found out the intricacies of them. And what they found out was they simply said this. One thing they discovered, which they kind of knew was correct, but they said they had no idea was trillions of snowflakes around the world fall every single day, and no two are the same. Now, here's what they came up with. No two are the same, and apparently no two have ever been the same, and no two will ever be the same from now on. They simply pointed out that every snowflake is unique. And they talked about the reason why was they said a snowflake falling and maybe two or three side by side as they start to fall. The winds will carry one a little bit further this direction, one a little further that direction. And, and it may be just as hair colder over here than it is over here. And what happens is they all form differently. And by the time they come to the ground, they all look different. And so it comes back to this also Again, snow consistencies change in different locations. It's The snow is different on the east side of the Rockies and on the west side of the Rockies than in the U.S. Northwest, in the Central Plains, the Northeast Canadian Rockies, on the Alps, Himalayas. No snowflakes look the same around the world. They all have uniqueness depending on where they fall. Then I, I was watching some other shows, and I like to watch those kind of scientific things, you know. And uh, on the, there's one that's got seven different shows on it. And they, they have a different subject every night on animals. They said this, 
in searching for animals, they found that no two fish or birds are the same. They actually found under the earth a hundred mile cave. And a, and a river runs through the entire thing and every cave in it, it's just not just one cave, it's a series of caves that follow each other, openings between one and the other. And to get there, they had to drop down 1700 feet. Straight down was the only entrance into this in South America. And once they got down there and found the beginning of it, it went for a hundred miles before it finally emptied out into the ocean. And so again, what they found was no two fish that they found down there were the same. In fact, they found species of fish that do not exist in the oceans or the rivers on the surface of the earth. And they found new, again, they found new species. Here's one thing they found too, that the fish that they found in one location, one place was different than the fish even inside of another cave. And the atmosphere of that cave caused these fish to uh, work and become different with each other. This is not evolution, it's adaptation. And they also found different species in each one. Here's what they also found in one cave, because the water came down from up above on the surface of the earth and came down through specific rocks by the time it came into this cave, it was acid water. And they said that the stalactites from the ceiling and the stalactites from the floor coming up had been made out of acid water coming down. And it was a totally, and they said the vapor that was in that room, they had to put masks on and stuff. And they just knew good and well, there was no fish in that water. But guess what? They found that there was fish that lived in acid water and they couldn't believe it. Flowers around the world. Um, Andrew Womack was telling a story about how he and his wife every year go to some high place in the Rockies, totally unique, they haven't been before. They were up there one year and they went walking through a valley. They walked for about an hour, found this gigantic valley as far as the eye could see and yellow flowers up to your waist. And they went walking through and said like they were in a movie or something, ran their hands across the top of it. And when they went back, he took one of them and went back to look it up and found out it only grows in that one specific area of the Rockies. No other place in the world does it grow. And it only lasts for one week. One week a year it blooms. They happen to be there just at the right time. And the point of it was he was and his wife were the only one that saw it. He said the couldn't be. He said, God, you made this thing and we're the only one seeing. Is there anybody else this week that's gonna see it? And it simply came back to this. God didn't make it for our pleasure. He made it for his pleasure. And if we never see it, it really doesn't bother him. Because why? He enjoys doing what he does. The universe is unique. Every single star is unique. Every planet is unique. Every moon surrounding a planet is unique. No two planets have the same size or the same brightness or the same color or the same makeup on the surface of it. Every planet is different. All planets have different numbers, looks, and sizes of moons that go around it. Jupiter, we have now found out, has 79 known moons, Saturn 82, and no two are alike. We thought for years with the telescopes we have to see them, we thought for sure, we thought we there were three or four around Jupiter, maybe two or three around Saturn, and found out again, 79 around Jupiter, 82 around Saturn, and no two moons look alike. You'd think the ones around a planet would look the same, but they don't. There's not that many out there that have a moon that looks even similar to ours. Ours is unique for our planet. And here again, no one sees it. Only angels that traverse back and forth from heaven to earth go by it every single day and are amazed at what they see. The infinite imagination of God. Revelation chapter four and verse 11 says, you have created all things and for your pleasure, they were created. How about our one moon? Uniquely planned for our earth. Our moon has held our imagination for over 6,000 years. 
We had all types of ideas. What's it made out of? Cheese? Could we live there? And the big question was, what's on the dark side of the moon? And in July of 1969, we went to the moon, and here's what we discovered. The dark and unseen side of the moon, we actually sent down flares so we could see it. And guess what we found out? The dark and unseen side of the moon looks exactly like the visible side. For 6,000 years, our imagination has told us this. When we finally got there, we found out, nope, it looks just like the other side. And here's what we also found out when we got there. Of course, we knew this before we went. It's not fit for human life. There's no atmosphere. There's too little gravity. It's too hot on one side to exist. It's too cold on the other. To exist there, we had to take our own air, water, food to take us there. We can't live there. Listen to this. We can't live there because we don't belong there. God put us where we belong. And there's always these ones wanting to send groups of people to Mars, all these other places. All I can tell you is once you get there, you're going to find out we don't belong here. All those years it took to get you there to find out when you get there, we don't belong here. You have to take everything from earth to exist there. That should tell you something. Everything we take there is already found on the planet that God made for us. Again, we can't live there because we don't belong there. We found out it's just a big rock, our moon, a big rock covered with dust. That's what the the, uh, astronauts said. When they were on there, the astronauts literally said this, it's just a big rock covered with dust. We can't exist here. And the astronauts even said, they looked on the horizon where on the earth, it's the moon that's on the horizon. On the moon, the earth was on the horizon. And they simply looked at it. They said, that's our home. Our home was over our shoulder the entire time. We were just visiting here. If there were lunar inhabitants, listen, they would be just as much out of place if they came to earth, but there is no lunar uh, inhabitants. We went there to visit a place and found out that's not even our earth. We don't belong there. And again, it comes back to this. You are unique. Did you realize that? God's made every one of us different. You are unique in this respect. Acts 17 verse 26 says this, he that is God has made of one blood every nation of men to live on the face of the earth, having determined their appointed, and here's what the Greek says, in fact, it says in the, in the New King James, their pre-appointed times and boundaries of their dwellings. This verse says, here's what we have as uniqueness. God has made of one blood every nation of men to live on the face of the earth and predetermined the times we are born in and the boundaries or where we live of their dwellings. A great contentment is found when you finally do this. Listen, when you finally learn to accept yourself for who you are. You know, my daughter said one day, she said, you know, I've been studying. She said the end of World War II. She said the 1940s. The music was wonderful. It seemed like the entire United States was all headed toward happiness and, and business and finding things and enjoyment. And she said the music reflected it. By the end of the 1940s, television came out and the shows were family oriented and good. She said, I kind of wish I could go back to those times. I said, well, honey, you can't. You were born in the 70s. There's nothing you can do about it. What that thing was saying was in that passage there in Acts 17 is the time of your birth, the habitation of the of where you were born, the place you were born, the country you were born in, the city of the country you're born in, the state you were born in, the socioeconomic background you were born into, your nationality, your color, your gender, your parents, your personality, including your looks, are all unique to you. There is no one on the earth like that looks like you or is like you. Like every snowflake was different, like every fish is different, like every 
animal is different. Even person, seven dogs can be born. Seven puppies can be born to one mother dog. And guess what? No two have the same personality. Whenever you start to buy one, the, the person usually asks, what are you looking for? Well, I want one you know, that snuggles and one that doesn't bark a lot. So they'll, well, he'll, you'll take this one. I mean, they actually know which personalities are in there. Why? Because no two dogs are the same. You would think they would be. No two people are the same. Even identical twins are different and their mothers can tell you the difference even though they look alike. So again, the time of their birth, the country of their birth, the state of their birth, the city of their birth, their economic background, nationality, color, gender, parents, personality, and looks are all different. Our identity is unique as individuals. You don't believe that? You have individual DNA that has never existed before, does not exist today, or will ever exist after this. We've even gone back and exhumed bodies from hundreds, thousands of years ago and searched out their DNA and found out the uniqueness of that person. Your retinas are different. That's why we have retina scans. Your voice prints are different. And this is why we have voice prints. And you also have 10 unique fingerprints that develop in the womb at the same time your 10 individual unique toe prints come. We don't even acknowledge toe prints. When's the last time they took your toe print? They don't, they take your fingerprints. Why? Because this finger right here is different than the next finger and the next finger. This one's unique. Here's the other unique thing about it. There, this, this one individual on my index finger, this individual fingerprint has never existed before, does not exist anywhere else today, and never will exist anywhere. That's the uniqueness of God. He has made us so individually unique. I'll see you right after halftime. In Romans eleven twenty nine, we are told the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Many believers focus on the very last part of this verse, but it also teaches us that God works both the gifts and the callings together in each believer's life. We are living in a day when God wants every believer to find their place in the body of Christ. This five-lesson series from Pastor Bob Yandian will help increase your understanding of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fivefold ministry gifts, the body gifts, and how each of these gifts operate together to accomplish God's will in the earth. This powerful teaching series will help you discover your callings and find your place in the body of Christ. To order the gifts and callings of God, visit our website at bobbyendian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. You know, I think if I was God, I would have made all 10 of my fingerprints exactly the same, but it would have been only for me. So there'd be 10 fingerprints only for me that no one has ever had before, no one after me will have. No, God went to God went to the extreme. He made every single finger you have different. 
And it's the only one that's ever existed, does exist, or will ever exist on your one finger. The same thing is true with that finger, your thumb, whatever it is. But he also did the same thing with your toes. Imagine God, he must be in heaven laughing as we search the universe, keep thinking we're gonna come up with some in, some things about the universe that's all common. And what we find out is every planet's different, colors different, uniqueness of every planet, all the moons are different, the atmospheres are different, the colors are different, the sizes are different, the, the brilliance of each one. Oh, amazing, the, the imagination of God. When God made you in your personality, he broke the mold when he made you. We've often said, well, God broke the mold with that one. No, he broke the mold with everybody. Like I said, even identical twins are not identical. Their fingerprints are different. Their toe prints are different. Their voice prints are different. Their retina scan is different. And children do not all have the same desires. Turn them loose. What I'm saying by that, when I was in high school, we'd have a certain day, an occupation day, and we, they brought us to the auditorium and they had tables all around the auditorium. And what they did was they turned us all loose. One table was from American Airlines. One was from a oil company here. Another from an accounting company over here. And they had, I mean, different and, and all these different things all around the room. And when they turned the children loose, it's amazing. They didn't all run to one table. We try to make all kids the same. We try, we try to make the same kid out of every kid. No, turn them loose. You find out all their uniquenesses. They all run in different directions. A couple of them might go over here. A couple of them might go over here. And think about this, a couple of them might have gone to the same place, to the same table, applied for the same job, came back later, both had the same job, worked in the same department. Did we go to high school together? Yes, we did. And we're working next to each other. You're going to find out even though you had the same job, doing the same accounting work or what, no two does it exactly the same. You don't do it the same as them. So we may have the same job, but my individuality comes out. That's why the offer for, the, for this particular broadcast is the gifts and callings of God. That's what makes us unique as Christians. You're not unique as a human being, but when you got born again and God gave you a ministry, you might be a pastor just like someone else, a teacher just like someone else, a giver just like someone else, but you are unique in how you do it. No two sermons come out the same, even if it's from the same text. Again, the uniqueness of all of us. You continue throughout your lifetime to be unique in life, in your marriage, in your desires, how you work, your occupations. Your goals are always different. This is exactly what I've been telling you. You are further one of a kind as a Christian. Galatians chapter one, verses 15 and 16 says this, the apostle Paul, when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach among the Gentiles. Paul said, inside of me, in my mother's womb was a calling. And when I got born into this earth, he said the purpose of God was to reveal himself in me. And Paul became unique among all ministers. Even Peter acknowledged the difference between him and Paul. Separation from all, then calling came, revelation came, preaching. Though others have the same gift, yours is unique. How you teach, how you share, how you witness is unique to you. No two ministers preach the same passage in the same way. God even placed a life location in your DNA. After pastoring and then stepping down from pastoring, Loretta and I thought one day we'd like to move to Southern California or at least have something out there we could go to for six months out of the year when it's cold or when it's super hot in Oklahoma. And so we thought about that, looked at some places. And yes, I mean, we were seriously thinking, but we couldn't find a place at the time that was open or available. And we had actually flown out there and said, when we go home, we're going to get really serious. We're going to look and we're going to call and we've got to buy something over the phone. We will do it. And we went home, as we went home and we landed in Tulsa. The moment that the plane touched down in Tulsa, we looked at each other and said, 
we belong here. I'm here to tell you there's something in you. Your life base and home church that you go to, there's certain unique places that, listen, you may be like a Christian like somebody else, but you don't even identify with the same church or with the same pastor or the style of teaching or preaching. It comes back to it. You are unique. Quit fighting to be like somebody else. Location existed and basis for location existed in the Old Testament and the New. In the Old Testament, Gilgal, when they went to the Promised Land, was their central location they always came back to. Jerusalem was always the center for the world evangelism that the gospel was taken there and back. And for uh, later on, as the gospel began to spread into Gentile areas, Antioch became the base for Paul and the Gentile world to go to and then come back you will be still unique into eternity. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 41 and 42. There's one glory of the sun, another glory, this is brightness of the moon, another brightness of the stars. For as one star differs from another in brightness, so also is the resurrection of the dead. You realize this? You're not only unique in life and totally unique as an individual. After the resurrection, the rapture of the church, when you're in heaven, you will be just like the stars, all different, like some like the sun, hugely bright, others like the moon, not so bright. And then the different magnitudes of glory, of brightness of all the stars and planets of heaven. That's how we be in heaven. No two will even look the same in heaven as far as rewards are concerned. Here's the folly of envying other people. In your personal ministry, why do you spend your life looking as at others in wonder and in envy? It's all right to learn from others, but don't try to imitate them. Pastors of small churches want to swap for large churches, and actually, many pastors of large churches would love to go back to a smaller church. If you could swap places with another, you'd find out something. Their life call was just a big rock covered with dust. You could not exist in their ministry. You left your home behind you. Their call works for them, but it doesn't work for anybody else, and it doesn't work especially for you. We look at each other in envy instead of seeing the only one who needs to appreciate us is us. The only one who can handle and understand your world is you, so appreciate it. You are a unique blend of vision, of spiritual gifts, of a call to the ministry, and no two ministers teach again the message or the passage in the same way. You know, there's times when when I, I, there's certain passages I teach, and then I heard uh, one time T.L. Osborne teach from the same passage. You know what? He's an evangelist. He came up with something I had never seen in that verse. You know why? He looked at it as a evangelist. When I look at it as a teacher, I pick up that diamond. And I look at the facets of it. There's certain ones that appeal to me, certain ones that don't. But as the evangelist turns it, there's certain things to appeal to him that doesn't appeal to me. And no two people will preach the passage. I told my wife one day, probably the only time in the city of Tulsa when all churches that believe in the Bible all that believe in the new birth and all believe that, you know, salvation is only by Jesus. The only time we probably preach from the same passages or about the same subject on a particular Sunday is Easter. I said, but I guarantee you, me at this church and someone else at another church and someone else at another church, I begin to name churches around the city that I knew the pastor. I said, you know what? All of us can open to the same passage, but no two sermons will come out the same way. My vision for the ministry is perfecting saints. You know what's gonna come out of my sermon? Perfecting of saints. Others are soul winning churches. You know what's gonna come out of their message? Soul winning. Others are missions minded churches. You know what's gonna come out of their message? Missions minded, where to, no two come out exactly the same. And even if two missions mission-minded churches were in town, how the pastor looks at that passage is a little bit different. 
And so again, this is what God has placed inside of us. Why don't you learn to appreciate who you are instead of imitating other ministers? Because in the ministry, the main thing I see ministers do is they look for a church that's big and then try to figure out how that church did it. Listen, even the vision of that church and how they accomplish it is unique to them. It's all right to learn from other people, but come home and pray about it, look at it, study it, and make it your own. No two ministers hardly ever pull a sermon out of heaven and it didn't come from anybody. It always comes from brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so. It comes from this author I write, I read after. We go down the list of where these ministers uh, come from, from the different backgrounds they come from. I've learned from Pentecostals, Charismatics. I've learned from fundamentalists. I have learned from all different types of people. And when I hear something that resonates on the inside of me, I go and make it into my own sermon, put my own analogies to it, compare it to different scriptures than they did because I see it a certain way. Be yourself. No two ministers teach the same passage in the same way. You'll never be happy trying to live another person's life and they will never be happy trying to live your life. And yet we continually do that. There's a passage of scripture that tells us it's folly to try to imitate someone else. Quit trying to imitate some other person in your life because it just won't work. And Paul brought that out and told them to stop doing that, stop searching Man, you know, to try to find someone else and then pattern yourself after them. If God wanted you to be that person, he would have made two of them, but he didn't. Like I said, even in families, there are certain, certain things that makes us unique. Even the way I sneeze is unique. My sister was in a restaurant one day just a few years ago. She's been married for years. I've been married for years. She has kids. We see each other, you know, a couple, three times a year at Easter, Thanksgiving, whatever, Christmas, whatever, or just happened to run across each other. She was in a restaurant and I was with someone across the restaurant and I have problems during the spring with allergies and stuff. And so I was over there and I told, excuse me, just a moment. And I sneezed off to the side. My sister across the restaurant heard that and said, that's my brother. I recognize his sneeze. And she got, how many people sneeze? all around the world, but mine was unique. She went across there looking for me. She finally found me. I said, how'd you know I was here? She said, I heard you sneeze. And we had to laugh because of that. I know another minister. He's now gone to be with the Lord in heaven, but his laugh was totally unique. When he was at a meeting, a thousand people could be there. But when he laughed, it was so unique. You go, ah, I recognize that when you knew he was here. Everybody said that about him. The one thing that stood out about him was his ability to teach the word of God, missions minded man. But on the other hand, they said his unique is his uniqueness is in his laugh when he laughs. Again, you'll never ever be happy trying to live another person's life and they'll never be happy trying to live your life. Find your uniqueness and then settle into it and be happy with what God has made. And listen, the more you work at that, the more you perfect that, there'll be a day one day when people are looking at you, trying to imitate you. I think that's kind of a pat on the back of how well you've done being yourself. They'll never be happy. Ministers always admonish those people trying to be like you. Tell them, listen, learn from my sermons, learn from the things I teach, but make them your own. Don't attempt to do this the next Sunday. Wait even months before you finally develop this into your own sermon or make this part of your own individual call. Make sure it's something worth adding to your life. And the next thing is, make it uniquely your own. Nothing, listen, again, you'll never be happy trying to live another person's life. They'll never be happy trying to live your life. Nothing is worth quitting your call and then regretting it later. Stop searching for what does not exist. It's not the fact that you're happier over there 
You'll be happier doing what somebody else does. Stop searching for what does not exist. So on which side is the grass greener? Yours. Quit envying the other side of the fence because why? On that side, though it may look greener to you, once you get over there and stare back at your side, you'll find out it was greener, far greener than anybody else's. God knew exactly where to put you, exactly what time you'd be born in, exactly what gifts belong to you, exactly how they would operate with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Just relax, find out who you are, and be happy and content there. You'll ex- you'll have a wonderful, exciting, and fulfilled life. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.